This is the Whatever You Say podcast. Hard times create hard men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. We are now around soft men and hard times. People think that you should be weak and you should be docile. No, you should be a monster and then learn how to control it. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. This doesn't mean that you can't be kind if you're strong, but it does mean you can't be strong if you're weak. Hey, fuck you, man! Who put this thing together? Me! That's who! Who do I trust? Me! This is the Whatever You Say Podcast. Is this thing on? Once again... Live in the whatever you say studios. I got a kind of a, a, a someone who brings a name in the city. Uh, if you're in the 405 918 580 area, you know this fella. Um, and we're gonna get all in this business for a little bit. He gave me a little bit of time, and I'm gonna uh, dig out as much as we can. Appreciate everybody who tunes in to the Whatever You Say podcast. I'm Ivory Towns. You know that already though. Shout out to the sponsors, Cibo Alto, C-I-B-O dot A-L-T-O, Higher Level Cuisines. Check them out on IG. Eat the smoke. That's all I'm going to say. If you know, uh, you know. Listen, let's get right into it. I don't know how long we got. Um, but welcome this dude to the show. Sooner great. Lawton, Oklahoma great. And now he's keeping that lineage going with uh with his sons and they kicking up dust right now welcome to the show without further ado mr charles thompson ct how we doing man man good i appreciate coming coming on the show with you man i know you've been trying to get me on for a little while i'm glad to be able to come and get on today let's talk a little sports man you know we started all back in in the old days yeah man in the locker room days yeah and 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 we're old enough to even go there old days You know what I'm saying? It's been a while. Yeah. The locker room. If you if uh, if you're out there in Lawton, Oklahoma, you know. Yeah. You no, know what so, that's all about. No, it's good. So I'm glad to be here with you, man. Certainly, uh, let's dive in and get wherever we need to get to. I'm I'm here to talk about what do you say? What's the name of the show? Whatever you say. Whatever you Whatever say. You let's say. get in. Whatever you say, man. It's, Just like you in the locker room, <laughs> huh? Whatever that, you say. That's it. You know me. I didn't pull no punches in the locker room. No doubt. No we doubt. We didn't pull any punches here. It's uh it's been a minute, CT, since I talked to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd that pandemic stuff go for you, man? You know, I mean, it, it, it didn't phase me hardly any at all. Made it out there I, healthy? Know, yeah, I came out healthy. I did, I did, uh, have COVID once. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll tell you a funny story. I had COVID and so, uh, dealt with it. And then I was laying there one day in the bathroom and, uh, no, actually let me back up. So a friend of mine said, Hey, uh, you might ought to take some zinc. That'll help flush that COVID out. Uh-huh. So I said, okay. So I think. I went to the store, brought some zinc, started taking zinc, took some one evening. I thought, you know what? I didn't know if it helped me or not. But, you know, like most hard-head folks say, <laughs> I said, well, you know what? Vitamin C, you can never have too much vitamin C. Right. So I said, let me take a little bit of extra zinc. Okay. <clears throat> what I didn't know was the morning I woke up, I took two or three zincs uh, without eating. Sorry. And ivory. I thought I was dying of COVID in the middle of my bathroom. I laid down, and I said, Lord, this is how you going to take me, huh? 
when you started that story, you said I was laying down in the bathroom. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, listen, I was, <laughs> hey, and I laid down and I fought, I said, Lord, I thought I was dying of the COVID deal. Uh, and, and so when I woke up, I was like, I'm still here. Yeah. So I got on the phone, I was talking to one of my buddies, and I said, hey, man, I don't know, I thought it was COVID, but something wasn't right. I need, he goes, what, what, what'd you, t-? I said, I took some zinc. He goes, well, how much did you take? I said, well, I took two or three deals. He goes, well, go see how many milligrams they were. Well, I didn't realize I took almost 150 milligrams of zinc. That's milligrams. And, and, and I didn't know you could OD on zinc. I, 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 I never heard of that. Me neither. You Now you know, Doc. Trust now me. I know. So my body had basically was sweating, and I went in convulsions. It was kicking all the zinc out because it was uh, it had too much in my system. Yeah. So and that's a lesson learned. I learned something that day. Too much of anything can hurt, man. Yeah, sometimes. That's, that is true. Too much of anything. Broccoli, water, zinc. But, I mean, that's just... You that's let some people goes, tell you man. too much money hurt if you don't too know what to do Too much money, all that, man. <laughs> all that, man. Uh, you know, that, that that pandemic, that quarantine stuff, that was a crazy time, man. Um, people showed their, showed their true colors during that time. Um, and I know you're a, a, a man of the people. You know, you got a lot of things going on. H- how did that affect some of your, or has it affected any of your, relationships and things like that going forward well you know for in the oil business for a while it, it really hurt us uh, i've been in the oil business down uh, for quite a while yeah and that pandemic and everything that went on i mean it hurt the oil business pretty bad so we had a little bit of a what they call a downturn uh, on top of the other normal things with going through uh, with the election and things of that nature it really hit hard with shipping and trucking and all those sort of things all that so it was a tough time you know it's ironic after we came out of the pandemic the first major, I think we had the shutdown, and then that next season, though, spring and summer, from a youth football standpoint, I've had some. Of, we had some of our biggest turnouts. Really, I think people were just ready to get out. You know, we, we, when we first opened up back at our ballpark, you had events. We had a record numbers of people uh, that were coming. I think it had a lot to do with the pandemic. They just wanted to get out of the house. What was that last one you did? The well, we did the last one here recently, the Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. I yeah. remember. I- I've been a part of that. Uh, yeah, you a few did times. Well, you did. You did. The, you did the broadcasting of yeah. some stuff for me. Yeah. Um, and you you cut many radio spots for me on the on, on a lot of those <laughs> events as well. Yeah, man. I, and I remember doing the PA system for a few few of those uh those, those uh. No, those that was our that was our league championship games we had at our high school. We okay. Okay. Yeah, out there in yeah. Moore. Yeah, out there in Moore. We had them at Southmore. You did nice, Southmore nice High School. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. No. Nah, man. You, you you put on some good events and a lot of people do show up. You know what? And you led me right into to this next question. Um, it's kind of on the on the bad side of it, but unfortunately, you know, you see a lot of uh, these parents and these coaches, you know, ruining these youth events, football, basketball. They fighting. Uh, I saw uh, about a month ago, Akeem Talib's little brother shot a guy right there at a at a at a youth football event in front of everybody. Uh, of course, he's he's. Uh, gonna have to deal with charges coming up. What going forward? I mean, what do you do to to ensure safety? You just is it just about hiring more security, checking people a little more tougher at the gate? Well, I mean, you know, I, it's it's really a tough question to answer because I don't know you can you can never can't really control people. Yeah, you can't really control right. If people are crazy, they're crazy. I mean, some people <laughs> right. do foolish things no matter where they are at. Not how much control you have, and it, the ironic part about. That whole to leave uh, story, you know, we were affiliated with that with that organization. Yeah, uh, we had done, we had collaborated and done a Big Twelve Youth Football Association. So uh, we had championship games in affiliation with the Big Twelve. 
They were the Big 12 South. We were the Big 12 North. And last year, our champions met in the uh, the Dallas Star Indoor for Complex. Um, so that was really a tragic deal. It's unfortunate, man. Yeah, and, you know, you hear the stories all over. I mean, there was there was some incidents that happened down in Florida. You know, we what we tried to do is instill a, no, a zero-tolerance kind of behavior that instills from uh, the parents. And we tell coaches – and parents, if they come into our complexes now, it's a zero tolerance. Yeah. If you want to run your mouth over there, the sidelines, uh, as a parent because you, you didn't like a call, uh, and listen, I yell at my TV every Sunday, uh, <laughs> not agreeing with the call, but I'm not going to go out and act a fool about it. And I think, unfortunately, we do have some parents that feel the, that they need to. Um, and so we just have a zero tolerance with it. And so what we try to do is, is um, you know, we will call a game. Just that's it. You know, game the game – uh, if, if and, and I've had that happen since that incident, we we had a zero tolerance in the game, and it was just kind of like parents want to keep talking trash to the to the referees, and the referee said, "You know what? That's ball game," yeah. uh, and called it. And then parents come to me and say, "Well, nope." Hey. As long as the game is going on, the referee is the sheriff. He is the head honcho on that field, and it's your responsibility to abide by what he set forth. If you have a rule interpretation, then come see me. But in terms of governing play calls, opinionated calls, and emotions, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. Right. And he's right. going to be the he's he's going to be the one that gives me if he tells me it's out of control, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna back him on that because we see now, Ivory, people getting shot. Where it can go, man. Where it can go. Parents, come on, man. Do, do, you're better than that. Act like it anyway. Well, and Ivory, listen. That's the most difficult thing about you know I've been involved in in youth sports for over 20, 23 years, mm-hmm. and I've been around all of it. I mean, I, I've seen it all. Uh, haven't been any part of any shootings, uh, per se. But I've been in part of brawl. I've been. I've seen some brawls. Right. Uh, I mean, some. I mean, some melees. Uh, not that those are any different uh, than the person getting shot. Unfortunately, someone lost their lives. But it's really about the parents. Like, listen, I, you know. And I've had three sons have gone through this deal, so it's a little bit different. I was probably more emotionally involved on son number one yeah. <laughs> than I was on two and three. And I think from a veteran now from it all, I look back and I tell parents, man, at the end of the day, this is great, but it isn't going to decide anything moving forward. Three or four years from now, they're going to forget about it. Yeah. So quit acting like it's the end of the world or it's a do-all, win-all right now kind of deal. It's an experience. Take it for what it's worth, and hopefully you're putting them on the right path, on the right team, that a coach can help them develop uh, and learn how to compete. It's called the business of football. And it starts at an early age. You got to put key. And I always say this, and I, uh, I quote Deion Sanders as saying this: "You, if you're going to be a football player, no matter how you look at it, Ivory, you have to develop the football grit. And that means you got to go get that smoke. Yeah. You got to go put your head in there. And I, you know, I tell people all the time: the younger you can get people re- used to dealing with the smoke, the easier it is as they get older that they can handle that. You know, listen, I, I you know, we talk about my son Casey. And he talks about that all the time." Uh, in fact, he was being uh, two weeks ago. He was being yelled at on the sideline of a, of a Nebraska game when they played Indiana, and the coach was laying into him. Mm-hmm. In the post game, they asked about it. You know what he said? He said, "I, I was going to bring this up to you okay. later on in the thing, but okay. now go ahead. You, we, we spilled it open, and 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 I know exactly what he said. Basically, he said that wasn't shit." <laughs> <laughs> I was raised by Charles Top. That basically what I mean, because trust me, I mean, anybody that's played for me, they'll tell you I don't borrow anything. I yeah. get them ready for the real deal. And I tell them and parents, you can't play this game being cupcakes. Yeah. You got to deal with the emotional and the physical that comes with it. And it's not just physical. 
There's emotion. There is pressure. If you can't handle pressure, you know, I told my son, go play another position because there's always going to be pressure playing the quarterback. No doubt about it. CT, can you tell he was a quarterback? Can you tell that? <laughs> um, you're from Lawton, Oklahoma, right? Yes, right. Give me uh, what, what was Lawton like? Was Lawton, was it heavy, heavy sports? Did every, if you were involved in your sports, you took it serious and you were going to go to the moon with it? Because we had, give me some names of some guys that came out of Lawton. I mean, listen, for me, it was, I mean, sports has been who I'm about. Uh-huh. So I, I can't give you a perspective from someone else's point of view. I can tell you from Charles Thompson's point of view, it was sports or die for me. This, this was it. I was huh? born and raised for it, and I, I, I've just been about it. Um, the academics was like, well, we'll, well, we'll, it, we'll get not, over that. It's not that I didn't. I mean, I was obviously, you got to have academics to be successful right. and to move forward. But, I mean, it was, I mean, I was all about 60-40 athletics. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> ain't no wrong with it. I, actually, probably 70-30. 70-30. <laughs> ain't no wrong with it. I mean, it was 70 <laughs> athletics. I might even go 80-20. I mean, I'm just being real with you. I mean, it was, you know, I, I wasn't going to go be no Einstein doctor. Right. But I, I was born to run fast, and God gave me some gifts, and I, that's what I was focused on. Charles showed up on test day. That was it. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of those guys out of Lawton. Give me some of well, we, the Will Shields. Will Shields. Uh, you Kansas know, City we had, Chief. Kansas City Chief. Will Shields. We had uh, Dewell Brewer. Yeah. Uh, came out of there. We had um, – Avon Lusby, which was a little bit before our time, he ended up mm-hmm. being in the Indianapolis Colts. Um, we've had uh, James Trapp. James uh, Trapp, remember yeah, Trapp? Yeah, James Trapp. Yeah, guy that no one pretty probably knows about um, is uh, a guy that played quarterback behind me at Lawton High. He actually ended up playing baseball and uh, caught Randy Johnson when they won the the the, the World Series. In, okay, in, when he was with the Diamondbacks, Kelly Stinnett. Uh, there's been a lot of talented guys that have come out of Lawton area. Um, that uh, I'm just going to consider. I mean, it, it's it's not a big town. It's the third largest in Oklahoma. That's not really saying a lot, but uh, <laughs> it's been an athletic town. Um, the term "plight of a black quarterback" hmm. did that exist back then? And 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 if not, how how has that how has that changed over the when you say when you ask that question, Ivory, be, be more definitive about what is because because that that when I hear the plight of the black quarterback. There's two sides of that I can answer that. Okay. Um, w- when you say back then, the plight of the quarterback back then was pretty much a, known, a, a, a understanding that you wasn't going to be a quarterback. <laughs> you were going to be something else. There you go. So when I came out of college or came in, into college, I mean, obviously it was a dream of mine to be quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, but I don't, I don't know that I necessarily saw myself as an NFL quarterback. Um, that just wasn't – at the time there were very few black quarterbacks – in the league anyway. It was uh, Randall Cunningham. Um, uh, give me the Chiefs. I mean, uh, give me the the Redskins quarterback. Oh, um, uh, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug yeah. Williams. Uh, who, who was that? Doug Williams. Doug Williams, right. Uh-huh. And that was really – I mean, there weren't that many, Ivory. And so to, to, to Warren look at – Moon. But even Warren Moon, right. They were but, – but I'm saying there wasn't a whole lot of yeah. – you know, and, and so when I looked at myself and most black quarterbacks, remember, we during that time – we made our we made our bread and butter by running the ball and the wishbone and and being running quarterbacks. It wasn't about you know how well you could throw the ball. And, and so um, the plight of the black quarterback back in those times was be the best you could be on the collegiate level, make as much noise as you can make, and get an opportunity in the NFL playing another position. That was the plight of a of the black quarterback wow. then. Uh, I, I think it's transcended a little bit to today. 
Um, let me let me back up. In between that transition of today, mm-hmm. I think that that people reluctantly has come around to the cycle of uh, the black quarterback Whatever has a home or has a way to be successful in the NFL. <laughs> In between that process, there were people that were barriers that that broke that. And I think you mentioned Warren Moon. You mentioned Michael Vick. Um, you, you think about it. If Michael Vick was playing now, with what they're doing to the NFL quarterback, I mean, he would be a better version of Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, and so that's how dynamic I think he was. But even then, people criticized Michael Vick back then. You know, there's a hard critique on that. There was the this notion uh, of the trans the, the the NFL quarterback was about a six foot four blonde haired blue eye guy. Right. Let's be real honest about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think when you now look at the NFL, and I think it was back. I remember when people talked about the spread offense when it became popular in the collegiate level. People talked about that's a college thing. Mm-hmm. It'll never make it to the NFL. Well, look at what you're looking at today. Today, you have. The college and the NFL almost being the same. And, and it, it had to happen. It was inevitable because that's where uh, the NFL gets their players from, from the college game and from those college systems. So if you're a coach that's innovative and say, you know what, let's not try to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's Let right. me go ahead and work with what the kid already knows. And it's, it's some of this college RPO you know, type style that we're playing with right now. It, it, is it fair to even – Throw that term out there now. I think you and I believe it is, but which term exactly? Plight of a black quarterback. I, I mean, I think it's still fair. Deshaun Watson just got two hundred thirty million. Yeah, but he's guaranteed. All, but, but, but most of the think about this for a minute. I the plight ain't fan, financial, right? But it's this. It's it's it, there's still heavy critique when it comes to comparing the black quarterback that, to that, them. And, and that's where I'm looking at my notes. That's where my two, my two. Issues were what the black quarterbacks have to deal with. Let me, let me, Consequence let me, and tolerance. Let me let me, let me let me let me point how this transition really happened. About uh-huh. there was a time where offense was what it was in college, and even in the pros to a degree. But what happened is somewhere in college, in the transition the pros, people started saying, "I'm gonna take that great athlete. I want that, and put him on defense." So as defense got faster. Offenses need to be a little bit more dynamic. Mm. So now, all of a sudden, when you got defensive ends, Ivory, that can run four fours and four fives, mm-hmm. now you didn't want to have a quarterback that just was a stationary pocket, target in the pocket because mm-hmm. why? That's the bread and butter of your team. No matter if it's high school, college, or pros, the court, the teams go as the quarterback goes. And so I think what happened was the NFL, as the defense is starting to get even bigger, stronger, faster, they started saying, I can't have a sitting duck back there. Right. So who became the prime candidate right. to benefit from that? The black quarterback. All right. I think I know the answer to this next question. You brought up Lamar Jackson. Um, what are you doing with Lamar Jackson? You paying him? Yes. More than whatever you say. Deshaun? Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Probably. <laughs> My issue is football is a salary cap sport. And you see it every time a quarterback gets a big contract. If I give... Lamar Jackson and the, and the Cleveland Browns will feel this once they start once once they get into to Deshaun Watson's contract. You pay these guys this money, you're going to lose your weapons. That's just, that's just there's not enough money to go around in a salary cap sport. So I hate to say it, I wouldn't pay Lamar Jackson. I would try to talk him down to 180 all I could. 
Because if I give him Deshaun Watson money, and once again, the Cleveland Browns will feel this, you're not going to be able to hold on to your weapons on on both sides of the ball. But let's look at this on the flip side of it. I love you, Lamar. I love you. So so the Green Bay Packers, um, there's always been talk about Aaron Rodgers. You just saw it, yeah. Unbelievable talent. But you, you, do you there have an organization who's never gotten him weapons? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but, the, but, but the pressure to win is still on him. You know, no one talks about the GM. No one talks about the head coach. When the Packers lose, who they bring for and criticize first? Yeah, the quarterback. Then the quarterback. So, unfortunately, there is a tremendous amount of pressure. There's also a tremendous amount of reward that should come with that position. And so, in my opinion, this is, you know, you've been paying all the other cats this money for years to come, and let the brothers get theirs too. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it only makes sense, right? That's, a, that's how I look at it. it. It makes sense, and he's the leader of the team and, you know, the face of the franchise. It makes sense to make sure that guy's taken care of too. But the style of play, you know, it, it only takes that one play for him to come around that corner. Well, and well take but, a hit but, and, but but that's why Ivory, you see, you because I know everybody's paying attention. Uh-huh. No, it ain't gonna happen. They're gonna protect that investment. Hey. You look at what the rules are being changed. Now they're telling you you can't even really tackle at the quarterback. What you what you think of that when you saw the other day? Tom Brady and, and well, the, Tom Brady was a sham. I thought the other one the other that's night. The, that's the worst I ever saw. Yeah, Tom Brady that was a sham. The other one the other night when the when the uh, I believe the Chiefs and Chiefs, uh, Raiders. Th- that one was also you know I mean but. Follow the numbers. Follow the money. That's the that's the quarterback is what drives ratings in the National Football League. Yeah. And so therefore the owners are going to protect their number one investment. So that's why they're looking at all these things. And, and everyone looked at it from a Tua Tagovailoa incident, but they've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. So they now had the implementation to they had the reason now to force the NFL's players association to come along with them. And so that's why you saw immediate change to the rules because the owner's been trying to get this this way for a long, long time. And, you know, I just think it's it's tough uh, for a defender um, when you're rushing a quarterback to figure out how to attack him. Yeah. And they're almost they're almost going to get to the point they might start playing tag. You might as well. I mean, you might as well. It, the, the, the Tom Brady one, I mean, you mean to tell me I can't even grab a guy by the waist and kind of sling him down? I didn't put my weight on him? I can't even do that? And, and and it's shame on Tom Brady because he tried to kick the guy as he was getting up off off of him. Right. He tried to kick him, and then he turned to the referee and was like, "Hey, you're not gonna call that." And then the flag came. And then the flag came. The flag. So that was that was foul on, on Brady's part um, for you to even you know to call for 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 like he said a long hug. But That's but here's the deal was. though. I, I mean, I mean I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't really fault Tom Brady. Here's why. Well, he's an OG and he know he'll get that call. But but that's what I'm saying. Like if if that was me. I'm probably looking at, hey, man, come on. <laughs> Help me out. I'm trying to. Listen, at the end of the day. Because they was coming back. But, but at the end of the day, what's the name of the game? You got to win, man. That's it. So it's by any means necessary within the rules. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's been times I've, I've played the game where a guy was probably got a legitimate hit on me. But come on, ref. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he grabbed my face mask that time. Watch it next time. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that stuff happens a little bit. Yeah. Charles Thompson, folks, you can tell. This, this guy's a quarterback. <laughs> Anything vouching for quarterbacks, he's with it. <laughs> Always and forever. Um, and then on the other side, people say, what what plight 
Deshaun Watson got 230. Look, you know, look, see what Lamar Jackson's going to get. Uh, look what Kyler Murray just got. And it's like, well, I, I get that. Financially, there is no plight. But consequence and tolerance, right? Well, How much are we going to put up with, with when this quarterback messes up? How, it seems like the black quarterback gets a little more scrutiny, a little more scrutiny than, than the other ones. And, and his leash is a little bit shorter if he steps out of bounds or if his, if his play starts to fall off a little bit. Well, I just – I always go back to – listen, man, I mean, at the end of the day, every one of these individuals are human beings, and mm-hmm. none of us are perfect. I think when you're always trying to find a reason to claw at somebody, you can find one if you, look, if you just keep clawing long enough. No doubt. There's no way that every other quarterbacks around the league don't have anything to find. They don't have a – the rock they don't want you to turn over. I just know that every what time it seems when situations come about uh, with, with, with the black quarterback, it seems <laughs> to be they find that rock awful quick. And they throw it in the face of us media-wise uh, like unbelievable. I mean, speaking of, let's not even get into the Deshaun Watsons, but let's just talk about the Kyler Murray thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like how ridiculous was that? I need you to study. Yeah, I mean, like the, how ridiculous was that, you know, for, for not the fact that it was in there. I'll be honest with you. The fact that they made it out to be like he wasn't doing something and publicized you, it. Yeah, you. There's no way you got to that level, and I don't care how much. Listen, everybody studies different. I'm sure Deion Sanders will tell you there's certain things I did or didn't do, but mm-hmm. God gave me a gift. I just was good at it. So to think that Colin Murray got in the National Football League and he don't study at all, no. Nah. Maybe that was just a way for them to try to put some. Because here's the deal: every team, Ivy, is always trying to look to find a way to save money to protect money. So they put incentives in there. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get you to this number. Yeah. I'm going to get you this 180 million, but here's some incentives mm-hmm. that before we give you that. And so that's one of those deals. And it just so happened that that caught wind publicly and people ran with it. But I, I think it's ludicrous and funny for anybody to think a quarterback in the national football league is not studying at all. And nobody ever said, Carson Wentz, I need you to study a little bit more. Never heard that. I never, never heard a uh, uh, Derek Carr. What are your study habits like? What's going on There's out there? There's tons of them. Um, and on the flip side of that, whoever this anonymous guy was, Lamar Jackson, I don't care if you, if you win 12 MVPs, you're not a number one quarterback. That's the other part of it. Ridiculous. I re- back to our original point, pay Lamar's money, man. Yeah. Give him his money. As an owner, I can't lie. I, I do my part, too, and try to talk him down to 180. But he could fly my jet whenever he wanted to. No problem. Talked about your kids, uh, your son Casey, uh, at Nebraska right now, starting quarterback, doing his thing, transferred from Texas. By the way, I don't think people realize Casey led the Big 12 in, in touchdown passes that last year at Texas. Well, you know, it's funny. With 24 touchdowns. It, it's funny. It's funny, um, Ivy, that, you know, I, I'll, pull, I'll, I'll pull up a statistics. It's, it's all about life factors. Uh-huh. You know, when you look at – when you look at what Quinn Hewers did mm-hmm. the other day, pretty pretty good, pretty impressive. In fact, we'll, we'll, we'll throw the numbers out there, and, and just just for a sample, just just kind of Texas quarterback Quinn Hewers. Yeah, Quinn Hewers, uh-huh. which was the guy that everyone wanted out of Texas, uh-huh. and it really didn't have that. Did, that wasn't a real like a major issue why we left. Mm-hmm. It was just the other BS that went with dealing with some of the things that was happening down in Austin. A lot of politics, the fan base is more like a – they expect everything to be 
I don't know. They just – I got to be honest with you. They're, they're different than the OU fans mm-hmm. because OU has a reason to be optimistic each year because they won. Right. That's why they're going through a tough time now. Texas fans for they they think they're going to be good every year, and they have been. all that they did nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, and they they think they were. You know, it's like so. Talk to them sooner. You know, so I mean, and I've been down there. You know, I've been down there for three years dealing right, with it, so I know right. firsthand. Uh, my son was quarterback. I was trying to pull up Ivy here real quick. Some statistics of for Hewers what he did this past game. Yeah, and Texas seems to be back on the right side of things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean we'll that's what it what appears. Happens. I mean, we've, we've, we've thought that before. Here it is right here. I got it. Okay. So Quinn Hewers the other day was 21 for 31, uh-huh. 289 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Mm-hmm. Pretty good day, isn't it? It's a good day. Last year, Casey, mm-hmm. 20 for 34, 388 yards, mm-hmm. five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Okay. Okay? What's the difference? One more touchdown for Casey. Winning changes the narrative. Last year, Texas, who scored the same, just about the same amount of points mm-hmm. with that performance, 48 points last year. The defense gave up 55, though. Right. This year, Quinn Hewers in the Texas offense start scores 49, but the offense, the defense had give up a point. No, so, I- so, and listen. As much as they want to – and think about it, Ivor. You, you watch the game. Think about that. And you and I have always talked about this. Mm-hmm. Once again, this goes back to the plight of the black quarterback. No doubt. I, listen, I get it. But you look at how they talked about Quinn Ears, they already got him in the pros. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. off of, Think about it. Off of one quarter from Alabama, they thought he's a, he's a guy, you know, this or that. Yeah. So it's just the plight of everything. He came out number one quarterback. You can't tell me the uh, the mullet doesn't help either down there in Texas. Yeah, but but listen, the one thing I'll tell you um, is this: you know, Casey obviously wanted to leave. He 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 got uh, opportunity to graduate from Texas, got his degree. And one of the things that I've always said to my kids, you know, and Kendall was the same way. I think you were around. Yeah. When Kendall, if and I, you know, you get your from, degree from OU to te- uh, Utah. You get your degree. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Casey said, "I got my degree. I'm out," and so. I think he thought when he made the decision right there towards the end of the year that he was leaving, um, really before the season was over with. Really? Yeah, he wanted he, – he, I mean, I talked him into going back that, that last year. You know, he – I mean, to be quite honest with you, uh, he was he, he was, was out of there. You were ready, huh? Yeah, he was ready. What, 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 what's Kendall doing now anyway? He's here. He's back he? here. Uh, he finished his NFL career up with the Redskins and the Rams and came back here and uh, has got two daughters now. i got two granddaughters and oh, married and – Working for Bristol Myers Squared Pharmaceuticals, so he's doing pretty good. Paul, Paul, yeah. <laughs> but uh, talking to Charles Thompson, Casey Thompson, starting quarterback for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, just fired their coach Scott Frost, and now have Mickey Joseph uh, head coaching the Cornhuskers now of uh, of Langston fame from back in the day when we we called a couple of uh, Langston games, uh, Charles and uh, and Mickey was there. This is your second time around with this whole transfer process. Uh, first time with the NIL opportunity thrown in there. Mm. Uh, what kind of new layers does that add to this whole thing? Well, let, let me back up and say this for, you know, so Mickey Joseph and I met in 1988. Okay. Okay. He was being recruited by the University not of the great, Not the great 88 season. Yeah. The, he was being recruited <laughs> by the University of Oklahoma his senior year out of Louisiana. And uh, he came on a recruiting visit. And Jamel and I showed him around. Uh, yeah, and and so we we met then. I never forget Mickey 
leaving there after he got done watching film, he goes, wait a minute. They didn't tell me about you here. Like, you know, he, he so he obviously chose to go to Nebraska. Uh, we stayed in Conte, as you mentioned. He's been here at Langston, and mm-hmm. he spent some time at UCO as well, too. Um, but we've stayed in contact, good friends. And so, Ivory, just so you know, he's the reason we were at Nebraska. Really? Yeah, he was the reason that we, we he called me up and said, look, man, I'm making the transits from LSU to Nebraska. We, we'd like to take case to take a look at us. And I thought, hmm, I didn't think about Nebraska at the time. And I thought, got to research him a little bit, got to talk to Mickey a little bit more. Uh, long story short, their new OC they were bringing in, Mark Whipple, um, he, of course, had had a phenomenal year with Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh. Right. Um, and then I happened to know some guys. As you know, I go around the country doing camps. I happened to know two buddies of mine who had played. One had played for him and one against Mark Whipple. They knew him really well and uh, was able to speak very highly of him. And so I got intrigued by him, his offense. He used to coach. Uh, he coached Ben Rossenberger when they won the their Super Bowl at Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. So he had some NFL pedigree, and it just seemed like a great opportunity it was a fan base. I know growing up, they loved Nebraska football in Lincoln. And quite honestly, it was, a, it was, when you look at it, it was a better situation. And people will say this kind of crazy, but in the, in the business of football, going to Lincoln was, and, and possibly getting, getting them to win more than three games right. seemed more logical, right. more of a pat on the back situation than maybe following another program like in Oklahoma when they were possibly looking at a down year and being the, being the blame. Was there any kind of whispers in the air about Scott Frost? Well, no, I, I mean, I kind of already knew, like, listen, they, they made him change his whole offensive staff. The whole offensive side of the ball was new. That's mm-hmm. why he was bringing Mark Whipple in. That's why Mickey Joseph was there. They named Mickey Joseph the associate head coach going in. So, I, I mean, I kind of felt all along that there was a possibility that if something happened during the course of this year, that this offensive staff would stay together. They, Mickey being named the associate head coach, he would, for, for, on a very short term, be the interim head coach. And if you look at all of, of Nebraska's key transfers on the offensive side of the ball and even some on the defensive side of the ball, most of them are connected to Mickey Joseph and, and his recruiting. So we felt really good about that. Um, I, I, I happen to like Scott Frost too, uh, Ivy as a person. I just think that uh, some of the, the processes and the procedures that he had in place – wasn't conducive to creating a winning football type of program that Nebraska probably needed. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that NIL. Let me ask this question then. And we're going to go back right back to your alma mater. And you said you, you're screaming at your TV every Sunday. You're probably really screaming at your TV every Saturday. Uh, w- what's the damn deal? Um, I feel like Venables, you're not coming to a new place. You know this place although it was a, a different regime, different era, different coaching staff. And let's be honest, it's been about two generations worth of players that you've kind of been through since that time as a defensive coordinator at OU. So players have changed. The game has changed a little bit. But you're not at a brand-new place. You're back to familiar confines. What's the deal? Well, it, it's simple. I mean, it's really football one-on-one. And I think people – this is this goes back to a little bit when I said a statement earlier, people expect – water to always be wine you know you put it in a wine bottle still could be water and the realistic the realistic point of view of that is what i'm saying is ivory perion winfrey's defensive tackle drafted in the nfl mm-hmm. isaiah thomas defensive tackle drafted in the nfl nick bonito defensive outside linebacker defensive end drafted in the nfl 
uh, Asamoah, the inside linebacker, drafted in the NFL. There's five, four guys in their interior front seven that's no longer there that are NFL talent. You had your safety. I can't even remember his name. Mm-hmm. Drafted in the NFL. There's five guys on the on, on that defense that are NFL caliber players that you got to replace. Um, uh, then you also lost Patrick Fields, who went to another school, but he had started in over 40 games. So you got six key guys on a defense. And listen, if for a scheme to work sometimes, you got to have disruptive guys on the defensive front. When any defense, especially Oklahoma, has been effective, that's when they've had those big dogs up front. And you look at what Venable was doing at, the, at Clemson, it wasn't really until he got those big SET caliber type of guys that he was able to really put his defensive scheme in full effect. He, don't ha- he doesn't have that here now. And I know people don't want to look at that, and I'm not buying him or giving him an excuse, but that's just really what it is. He's got a lot of young guys. I think the only veteran guy that he has there – that didn't even play the whole last year was a kid from Midwest City. Um, the D, uh, can't think of his name. Um, Thirty-one. Oh, Jalen Redman. J- exactly. So he didn't even play the whole last year. Yeah. yeah. So you had to recoup that. Um, I, I think it, I could compare it. You look over Nebraska. Nebraska had a great defense last year. Didn't I mean held everybody under thirty points a game? If they'd have done that now, they'd be winning. But if you look at it. They had three guys that that left. That got two of them a defensive lineman and one linebacker. It does make a difference when you lose those caliber type of talent. So defensively, I still think Brent will get it corrected once you allow him time to get his guys in. Listen, another thing I'll point out, on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. we lose our first and second string quarterback. I know people will say, well, Dylan Gabriel will come in, and I'm not knocking Dylan Gabriel. But I don't think he's Spencer Rattler, and I don't even think, certainly don't think he's Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think he's a solid quarterback. He's not Spencer Rattler? No. Okay. No. I I think what dealing Spencer Rattler, from a skill standpoint, has all the tools. What he may be lacking is upstairs. But from a skill standpoint, he's a pure thrower. He's there? Yeah, he's there. Whatever you Um, say. I think Dylan Gable is very effective in the office (laughs) that they're running, which is why, and I'm going to even get deep because whatever, what the name of the show is what? Whatever you say. Whatever I say, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I think the mistake was made, and here's what, and I'll get in that just a minute. Let me get uh-huh. back to this. So I think from an offense standpoint, they lose both two first and second team quarterback. They lose some, 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 some key receivers. Mm-hmm. Mario Williams gone as well. Um, you bring in a whole new offensive staff to where now the whole team has to learn a new system. Now, in comparison to this, I think about this for a minute. They was ready to run Steve Sarkeesian out of town last year at Texas. Mm-hmm. I was there. It was five and seven. Okay? People talked about him. He ain't no quarterback. He ain't this and that. Year two in his system. No problem. Well, here's why. Football one-on-one. People, you don't have to now coach the whole team on your scheme. You got 95% or 90% of your team that already knows your system. Now you're only, you get into a process now where you're only teaching newcomers. It's easier to get fill in the blanks as to put the whole puzzle together. And I think that's why you go back and look at the history of most of college, good college coaches, you know by the year two if they're on the right track or not. You look at Saban. You look at Urban Meyer. You look at, you know, all these people who have been successful. It's been year two. Go back to Bob Stoops. First year, six and six, he takes over. The next year, they win the national championship. So it's year two that I think you can start really a question and evaluating uh, uh, this, this, this whole regime. Tell me this. You've been in a locker room. And a big time level, 
you're an OU player. You're kicking up dust. You're doing your thing. You think this is your year to come up. You're, say you're a junior. This is your year to really bust out and have a hell of a year. But here come these Clemson guys in the locker room. But not 40% of the players came from Clemson. No, no, no. Not, not, not 40%. I think 40% are new. Are new, right. From 40, wherever. And from wherever. And a lot of these guys came from, from, uh, from Clemson. What, 33% uh, uh, scholarship players? I think on top of just regular football 101, I need to learn this system. But now just the, 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 the vibe in the locker room. Yeah, they, they, they put this, this boy, new guy at a Clemson. Put got, your big boy britches on and go compete. And go compete. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just the nature of what it is with the transfer portal now. You better wake up. This we're in that, we're in this era right now. It's the escalating door every every. Yeah, every it's going to be in this era. And you know, I read a lot of people talk about the transfer portal. The transfer portal is not bad, folks. Let's just get that straight. Mm-hmm. It's a benefit to the college the college athlete. It takes it gives them an advantage over the college team. Or the college school. Now, people don't like that because, Ivy, if I'm in Oklahoma and I'm an Oklahoma fan, I only want my guys to stay at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to have an option to go on a portal and now be treated like a free agent. So the transfer portal allows them an opportunity to stay where they're at and put feelers out. Don't, you can go on a transfer portal and come out. Sure. My son sure. did it at Texas. Sure. Now, but what it does do it allows people to kind of say, I'm, let me hear what you got to offer. Better number one, better number two, better number three, number four. So the things didn't change, <laughs> Ivory, until the one-time transfer pool in effect. That's, what it, that's yeah. when it became an all-out melee. And what we'll cover later, that's when, it, when the NIL kicked. You put all those three things together, now you got what you got now. All right, CT, you took me right there, right to the NIL, man. Let's jump right into it. Um, like I said, your second time going through this transfer process, with your sons, uh, first time with the NIL. Um, is it really like that? Just what do you give me? Bidder number one, bidder number two, bidder number three? Uh, they're, they're offering more, now nah, you're done. Is, is that really how it goes? Let me, let me, the best way I can answer that, yes, for the most part. <laughs> where, where, where's your baseline number? What do you say? It wasn't at? really, a, so, we, so, so we were different, honestly. Okay. We were about the business of football. We were looking for the best spot for Casey to showcase his talents. Mm-hmm. To 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 get him in a position to be able to project forward, so it was more or less that first. The so that was the cake for us. The NIL was the icing. It was, some people are the other way around. They want the NIL and they don't care about the other stuff. We were different than that. So we we had to, I, I I looked at it from a business standpoint. Now, so look at Nebraska for a minute. Let's just take a glimpse back of what we saw. Uh-huh. We saw a team last year that lost six games by less than one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, there, we thought that their defense would be still intact. Where they missed out on winning a lot of those three-point games, they lost a three-point to Michigan. They had the game won, Ivory. The quarterback fumbled in the last minute and a half. Michigan kicks the field goal and beats them by three. Right. There's tons of games like that where uh, I think Martinez is flourishing at Kansas, at Kansas State, but in Nebraska – he just had a lot of blunders down the stretch, and we felt like the offensive production wasn't there. They're now bringing in a new pro style of offense, so now Scott Frost is not there. They're not going to be heavy run quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. So that became a, a, a more of a factor of we thought it was a good fit uh, along with that. But give you an example. I was on my couch one afternoon. I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. It's a friend here that uh, – uh, owns uh, some car lots in the Oklahoma area. 
he calls me and says, uh, uh, hey, uh, Missouri, you heard from Missouri? And I said, no, I don't think we heard from Missouri. He goes, they're going to be calling. I said, how do you know? He said, well, they're trying to put the NIL package together for you. They called me to, to see if I would be – I know one of the coaches on the staff. They called to see if I'd be interested to throw in a few cars for you and, and, and his mother. So this is, this is somebody from Missouri calling a friend of yours because they know – A friend of his. A friend of his because they know Casey's in the in – the, he's transferring and they want him up there? He's in the portal now. He's in the this portal, time. and they yeah. want him up there. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of calls you. Start. So, so, so they do their they do their work, and their... yes, and then they come to offer you a package. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. so here's what they can do for you. Here's what we got for you. Um, you know, there's certain trips that we went on uh, that Casey went on. That I mean, just like you got your paper in front of you, they let out their nil projection for him. Really. Um, and listen, he got treated. You know, the first year at Texas, you know, Casey got into a little bit of a gif. And when he left Texas and he said that they're paying him more in Nebraska than he got at Texas, which mm-hmm. was a true statement. Really? The first year. Remember, NIL was first year. So, really, he and B. John Robinson were really the only two kind of getting in the – I'll give you a weird connection to that. Uh-huh. They wasn't getting it from Texas. They had signed with Athletes First, which is the number one uh, NFL agent firm in the country. In mm-hmm. fact, David Mugalati, which is the Sean Watson agent, is Casey's NIL agent. Wow. So that's why I know, I mean, a lot of this stuff. Wow. But So they worked magic with Ford and got him some NIL. I mean, they, and I'm not making a lot of it, but it, it is in his first year at Texas, he probably made uh, six figures. Ooh-wee. You know? And, and, and then and at Nick, Nebraska, he's making more than that. He's making more than what he made at Texas. More than six figures. M- more than what he made in Texas. Well, okay, yeah. It still be six <laughs> no, figures. No, it ain't seven <laughs> figures. <laughs> I feel you. But damn, okay, so, I mean – do you throw that number out there, or do they throw that number out there and say, "Hey"? It, 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 no, we we here's what we we never threw a number out at all ever. Really? No, I never threw a number out at all. I, I we always just took what they. What do you got? What do you what do you offer? What do you guys got? I mean, I, we never went there and said, "What are you offering?" Right. But everyone understands the nature of the industry that we're in now. You want them for a reason. So you when you something. when you bringing a guy there this this in I this this year this past year, everyone kind of knew. Had to be a perk. There had to be just like it used to be a part of the. Here's our offense. Here's the system we're gonna run. Yeah. Here's what we can do for you from an NIL perspective as well too. Wow. So that played a part into it. Um, so it's not like we went in asking for anything. Um, most of them had it as part of their presentation. Do they? Do, does he have to hold up his end? There's some and things. Some of it he has is, to do, and some of the things he has to do. Put a little video out for yeah, something. Yeah. So or? like like Nebraska was really the first school I read that had a collective together as a school. Like what OU and some of these others are trying to do now. They already had a little agency put together. They already had it together. They did it. Right. They when they caught wind of NIL coming the year before, they started that 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 a year earlier than everyone else. Yeah. So when it came down to this past year when it went in effect, Nebraska already had theirs in place. They'd already had four or five million raised in collective NIL collective deals. So what they did, even Adrian Martinez last year, they slotted it based on position. So we knew going in just because what Adrian got. Quarterback was gonna get this amount of money anyway. Ah, okay. You see what I'm saying? So That's his base. They don't have nothing to do with any. This is coming from our collective deal. Right. You right. still can have your own. So okay, yeah. And I was gonna ask that. So players can still go out and shop for their own. It, stuff it depends on how your want. agreement is with on both with sides. School. So okay. we made it to where it was that open that way. So he he has an 
uh, a collective deal that that he's he has certain things he has to do for his his NIL through Nebraska. Then he still has his relationship with with Athletes First, which is his NIL agent. Charles, listen, you you're a guy who's all about the grind, and you know, you're talking about pressure makes diamonds. It also busts pipes, but you know, you're going to get a kids ready for that smoke. You don't get them ready for the real world. It's your, it's your son, your kid, so it's a little different. But what can that do for some kids getting that type of access that early? Well, you got to remember, my son's 23 years old. Yeah, He's not an 18-year-old kid at this point. He's been in the college game. Um, you know, I, 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 and I don't want to say this because he's my son, but you know, the reality of it is, man, Casey's treating it already like he's a professional athlete. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't party. Uh, he doesn't drink. Uh, he's not into the nightlife. Mm-hmm. It's football or bus film. So, so he's a graduate student. So he spends most of his time up studying and breaking down film up at the complex. He's uh, already in career mode. He's already in career mode. Uh, when you see him on the off season, you know he takes a group. He did it last. He did it last year at Texas. He took Xavier Worthy and a bunch of them guys down to Florida and worked out at House of Athletes with Brandon Marshall's place. You know he, that's what he's about. He's doing those kind of things, mm-hmm. and, and and so that's that's his focus. Um, you know when Steve Sarkeesian first took the job. In his apartment in Austin, he invited all the he, – he called the athletic director. I know this to be a fact because he's with me in Phoenix, Arizona. We're at a camp. When they fired Herman and announced Steve Sarkeesian, he's in the room with me. We're doing a quarterback camp. He got on the phone and immediately called the athletic director and said, can you give me Steve Sarkeesian's number? He called Steve Sarkeesian and wanted his playbook immediately. Damn. So when he got back to Austin, <laughs> before Steve Sarkeesian got to Austin uh-huh. – Casey was already holding meetings at his apartment, teaching the other players, and they were going over the playbook. Sarkeesian's book. Sarkeesian's book. That's nice, just what man. he's about. When we were on the plane, the year the, the year that he, um, the year that he um, um, the year remember the year they played Colorado, they played in the Alamo Bowl at Texas at Texas mm-hmm. before, and he uh, he played he threw those four touchdowns in a Colorado that bowl game. Mm-hmm. We get on the plane going to Arizona at the same time. And he's on the plane right after that bowl game with me watching film of Oklahoma for the next year. Yeah. So when he played in the game against Oklahoma, he'd been studied in for a year and a half. So he ready, huh? Okay, well, if you hey, if you hey, you don't gotta get ready if you stay ready. Did he know did he know a new coach in, in, in Venables and all that was coming in and all that? How does that how does that shake up his preparation now? Well, but that was that was the, that was the year before Lincoln Riley was still okay, there. Yeah, he was still there. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was the year that he played last year, not this previous year. Yeah, and, and listen, believe it or not, I mean, uh, uh, BV almost got him to Oklahoma this year. Really? Yeah, it was that close. BV you talking about Brian Van? No, Brent Venables. Brent Venables. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm thinking of another one. No, no, no. Brent Venables really got him to come back. You're very close. We. We, um, you know, I, I've got a fairly good relationship with Brent, and we—it's ironic. So, you, you, we're gonna go deep on this deal, okay? <laughs> so we get the call. First of all, Spencer, Caleb, Casey, and a lot of the quarterbacks, just so people know, uh-huh. that are now they have a network. They talk to each other. Okay. So while all this stuff is going on, there's a network of quarterbacks communicate with each other seeing where everybody's going and just talking to different things and everything. So we knew that, number one, Spencer was leaving. 
Um, and believe it or not, Caleb Williams really wanted to stay. Okay. When they hired Jeff Levy, there was some issue that went on when they hired Levy, and there was some miscommunication along the way. So when everyone you remember you remember this, Ivory, after the bowl game when Caleb Williams got on the podium and said, He's made this statement. We'll see how Oklahoma does. Remember that? Uh-huh. You thought he was talking about what? NIL money, didn't uh-huh. he? He wasn't talking about NIL money. He was talking about the communication, knowing what kind of offense Levy's going to have, all these sort of things that they were looking at for the future of Caleb Williams. Uh-huh. And ultimately, long story short, we all see what happened. Now, let me go deep with you one more layer here. My opinion let me, real quick, OU fan base and brass didn't like that. Like what? Like the fact that they thought they were thought to to still have a hold of Caleb Williams, and he was just inquiring about the future, only to end up. I, I think there was just a whole lot of miscommunication from what I understand. Now, obviously, I'm not in their shoes, but mm-hmm. I'm just telling you the the information I got from a very reliable source that that it just was a whole lot of miscommunication right. that went on at the last that that just you know ultimately uh, they felt more comfortable you know following Lincoln as opposed to staying here yeah and, and I think OU's fan base I think that was new for them coming out of the Bob Stoops era where he's been there what 20 years won a championship they win bowl games damn near every year and I think for them to, to, to get his kind of quote-unquote protege and then for him to bounce after, what, five, six years, I think OU fan base, they kind of took that as a slap on the face. Well, because we don't get treated like that. Because they don't understand the new business of football. Right. You know what I'm saying? No matter what you talk about, Ivory, money talks. Stability talks for your family. There ain't a person here that wouldn't choose some of the things, and I, I, that's why I don't. I, I don't get with the the, the 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 this this large contingent of people that are all linking this and that. Man, it, 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 how many? Listen, Ivory is USC man. But only that. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> so your podcast right here. Someone says, Ivory, I'm gonna pay you two hundred thousand dollars to come over here to do this or that. All what right. you gonna do? I'm out. You going you certainly going I mean, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get y'all one last uh farewell uh, uh episode of whatever whatever you say podcast. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm Before saying I fill is out paperwork. what I'm saying is you can so that's what you gotta look at from Caleb's standpoint. They they obviously I mean, it's not like they were just slobbing at the mouth to leave. In fact, here's what I'm just gonna tell you this. I if you look at the, the dynamics of how things went down. Uh-huh. Caleb Williams announces on Monday afternoon that he's going into portal. Okay? Mm-hmm. Monday afternoon, he announced he's going into portal. Okay? Do you remember when Dylan Gabriel they announced his commitment to OU? No, I don't. The same day, three hours later. And what does that tell you? Yeah, they, 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 they knew. They knew what was what was ahead of time. So so what 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 it would tell you is this. It looks from afar like Oh, oh, you had a backup plan. They were winning. Or, or is it plausible? Just going to throw something out of your head that maybe somebody pushed Caleb out to get what they wanted out of the scenario. Yeah. Now, let, let, me, let me throw something at you, Ivory. This is what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy have been close since he's been in the ninth grade? 
I didn't know that. Did you know that Dylan Gabriel was Coach Levy's first call and not Caleb Williams? Ah, you didn't know that. Ah, you didn't know that Dylan ah, Gabriel the details. chose UCLA because Jeff Levy helped him get there. Ah, okay. So now, let me flip the coin for you. I get a call on Saturday. Actually, excuse me, Thursday of the week before. Uh-huh. You remember old coach at OSU, Fedora? Yeah. Sure. Connected all over. He calls me. And he tells me. Something's going on with the Gable kid. Chip okay. Kelly calls him and saying he's all of a sudden not showing up for stuff. Now, just so you know, Ivory, if Dylan Gabe, if if Caleb Williams waits 24 hours. He's not showing. You're talking about stuff for in UCLA. Yes. Okay. That's where he's already at there. Okay. He's supposed to start school on that Monday. He had a class at 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. If he shows up for class, he's stuck at UCLA. Ah. So he didn't show up for class. Yeah. And three out four hours later, he's committing OU. Oh, yeah. oh, and by the way, they already had the committal uh artwork done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what you think? Got the graphics team on that early, huh? Now let me go a step further than that. You want me to get even deeper? Let's get deep, man. So we get the call Monday, once Caleb goes in the portal. I get the call from the, the BV them side and Kale Gunn guy. Okay. We're really interested in Casey. Now that uh, Caleb's gone, we're really forward. We, he's he's going to be one of our – Jeff Levy's heading it up, but BV wanted to make sure we reach out to you, blah, 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 blah. Right. Get a hold of Levy. So Levy calls my son and talks to him. I'm supposed to talk to Levy Tuesday night. Don't hear from him. Mm-hmm. Supposed to talk to him Wednesday. Don't hear from him. <laughs> I'm at the airport flying out, Ivory. And guess who I bumped into? Oh, really? Flying, for, at, at, flying out of where? where, are you, where are I'm you? going to San Antonio for the Army All-American Combine and Game. Okay. They're headed somewhere else. Uh-huh. I bump into Brent Venables. <laughs> so, VV corners me. Yeah. Tells me, hey, I really, I'm really, I, I want, I mean, we got – you guys can't – I know y'all had a great Nebraska visit, but before y'all commit, we want to – probably snap. He, I said, B, B, I will get – man, listen, it would be nothing more for me yeah. for my son to be in Norman at OU. That's where I played. Right. So my heart is. You know what I'm saying? But you need to talk to Lebby. Because, see, at that time, I already knew, Lebby pretty much told Casey, Dylan going to get first shot. That's what he told him? Pretty much. So now, Ivory, you going to transfer to Texas? To come go to deal with that? Yeah, right. When you find out how, how this is his boy? Right. Nah, we're going to pass. Right. So now, everybody wonders. Think about it. Now, I've talked to two other people that were recruited by OU at quarterback position, and all three stories are the same. So now, everybody wonders why you left with a bevel uh-huh. and the quarterback room so shallow. Sometimes uh-huh. you get what you want. Hey, that's what you want. <laughs> That's what you wanted. Hey, I, st- I should stand up and give you a, a, a round of applause there, CT. <laughs> give me that inside information, I'm giving man. it to you and your listeners, man. Uh, you know me, Ivory. You've been around me. I don't never pull no punches. Hey, no need for no big tongues around <laughs> here, man. No doubt about it. They Jones. get mad at me, but they uh, no, what they can't do is say it ain't true. That's what I was going to say, man. I mean, you, uh, Kendall, your first son was up there, made his way to, to OU, transferred to Utah. Casey, uh, Texas now transfer. Do you do you do you have any 
I know the fan base loves you, but do you any backlash from like really not trying to push your sons to really come through OU and you, you know, Ivan, you you so you remember, you don't remember this. You remember when Kendall was at Oklahoma. I do. Wasn't really a wasn't really a great experience for our family. Yeah. You know, a lot of things, whatever, but it was just this pressure walk around and you know, it's like, well, they're not treating him fair, they're not doing this and that, and all that sort of pressure falling. So, man, with Casey, I just decided I'm I mean, I'm I'm gonna let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. You know, do what's best for him and just take colors out of the deal. Don't worry about if it's burnt orange, you know, you, or, you know, OSU, originally, I OSU was ahead of Oklahoma. Come on now, quit playing. I mean, in, in the whole scheme of things. Do, do, you think, do you think that kind of, I mean, I guess it's obvious. Do you think Casey kind of looks at Kendall's situation and you think that kind of turns no, him I, off I, a little I, bit? I, no, no, I don't think any of that. He was very close to the Stoops brothers, very okay. close to Bob Stoops, very close to Mike Stoops. Um, Venables and son of him did when camps came. No, that really wasn't it. It was the fact at the time he came out, he wanted to play for an offensive minded head coach. At the times, remember, in the midst of his recruiting, Lincoln wasn't the head coach yet. So he asked Lincoln, I found this mm. out. He went up and visited Lincoln after he was committed to Texas. And they had a meeting at night, which I didn't know about. And he asked Lincoln, I give Lincoln this credit. He asked Lincoln one question. And he said, well, if I, com- if I flip my commitment from Texas to Oklahoma, will you commit to being here for at least three years of my career here? Mm-hmm. And Lincoln was honest and said, I don't know that I could, could, could guarantee that because I want to be a head coach. Yeah. Now, a year, I think like several months later or whatever, he ended up being the head coach at Oklahoma. But at that time, we was kind of already entrenched with the Texas thing, and we decided that was a good fit because they, at the time, they only had two scholarship quarterbacks on campus. And one, Sam Ellinger hadn't really proven himself as yet. That bother you as a as a parent that having nightly meetings or or nighttime meetings with your son that you didn't know about? No, I mean Casey. You know, I sent Casey on. Casey went and met Nick Saban by himself. You know, I put him on. I mean, he was Casey's been a little bit more independent. So he, he, he's 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 been in the system for a while. Like yeah, he's, he's, he he could go. I mean, I've seen right. him with friends of mine. No, I mean, so he was. I looked. I took him. a a little different route than I did with Kendall. I was not as hands-on. I pretty much allowed him to create his own uh, list of recruits and schools that he was interested in. And, and at the end of the day, it was going to be his decision. And we're going to support it either way. Talked about Brent Venables and, and you know bringing some some players and maybe a couple guys from the coaching staff. I also saw him giving an interview, and he was talking about just some of the the ancillary non-football things. Uh, talked about culture. Dressing the right way on, on game days. It's big. Um, uh, singing the school song after game, win or lose. Keeping the locker room clean. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, is, is this a new, are these new elements to the culture that maybe Lincoln Riley didn't prioritize like Brent Venables is doing? And, and how much of that you think has to, to do with maybe some of the, the up and down play that we're seeing right now from OU. I, I don't think the up and down plays correlates in in essence in, in this situation directly to that. Mm-hmm. I do think culture is very key uh, when coaches talk about that. Was that similar to Lincoln's? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I listen. I was I was taking kids down there to tour the facility. They've always kept clean. I mean, locker rooms are locker rooms. I mean, they, they don't. None of it looks like I had. I don't. Th- I don't <laughs> think Lincoln Riley made his guys wear shooting ties and stuff on game day. I remember well, everybody's a little different than that. I mean, I agree yeah. with that, but that's you know that's how Clemson was. You know, right. Dabo. You know, one of the one of the things that my son I did learn about this when Casey was being recruited because he was recruited by Clemson. 
And he was mostly impressed with Dabo Sweeney's his way of doing things, his procedures. And he's a button up guy. Yeah, I mean he was what very. And, and so, you, you know, when you're when you've been a coach under different types of <laughs> systems, you take a little bit of bits and pieces from all of them. And I think that's one of the things that Brent took uh, from Dabo's system. I think Lincoln was kind of a more laid back guy. I think there was probably a little bit more laid back. Brent Venable seems a little more intense. More intense. Listen, I remember story Kendall told me one time we were on the scout team. When BV was a DC uh, at Oklahoma, and he ran, a, he was supposed to throw a ball to this particular person, and that's what it had on the card. And Kendall said he was, he was that he was, he wasn't open. Yeah. So I made a play and did something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said Ben Fittables ran up to him, and Daddy goes, he goes, I don't even know what he said, but when I got done, I had to take a, I had to take a towel and wipe off my, <laughs> my, 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 uh, my, my face guard deal, my screen because he had. Was spitting so hard, spitting all so, over yeah. the place. Yeah, he, he said, and he kicked him out. He kicked him out of the off the scout team oh, for man. a day. Yeah, it's like get your butt out of here. <laughs> so Kendall said, he goes, one thing about it, if them guys are soft around there, they're not gonna be able to handle BB. We'll see. We'll see. Shaky start so far. Uh, we'll see what happens with this Kansas game. Kansas might whoop y'all, CT. Kansas might put hands on y'all. Well, I think there's parity uh, in, in in the. In the in the college hear, football I, game, hey, I don't want to hear that CT. But here's the deal, I mean, what you need to worry about. There's only thing, one thing you need to worry about. Come on now, <laughs> you better make sure that they able to, that the Cowboys able to deal with it. Because <laughs> don't count it as, don't think we know easy win just because we've been losing. Now that's one thing you gonna get wrong for sure. We're not an easy win. Well, let's we talk, ain't a walkover. Well, let's talk about the brass of the Big Twelve right now. Okay, the 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 old state Cowboys. Now I saw, and, Gun- and I like Gundy by the way. I mean, really, how can you not? Yeah, I like it. You know what I mean? Regardless of. Do you think you'll ever leave Oak State? I saw him on TV the other day, and he was talking about that, how he's just a part of the community. He's He's it's gone funny. here. He loves it here. And he's. they were talking about that right there. I wouldn't. But but here's my question. Okay, you wouldn't. And maybe this is this is a roundabout way of, of, of making sure you don't go anywhere. And the presser he does, he does pressers on Monday, right? He brought up the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – that he went to a few uh, interviews with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, something like that. That's and about getting more money, man. That's what I was thinking. I'm yeah, like, here we time. are, and he does this almost every few years with Tennessee and little teams that flirt with him out there. Is that all that is? And now that Matt Rule just got fired from, from Carolina, is he kind of – is he is he trying it, to get it, more money or you, is he you, sees you, a little alleyway you, right you there? you got to remember all these guys do have agents now. They do. So it's about the it's about the business of football. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, mean, I, I would put that out there. It's like this. I'm in, listen. Here's a rule, just so you know. Any interim coach that's got the interim title on it, uh-huh. put score anywhere you want. If they win a few games, okay. Just remember this. If they win a few games, you'll you'll hear come out that they got some other people interested in them to I'm, make. To, I, how many games does Mickey Joseph need to win this year to get some real deal looks? I mean, are we talking head coach or just a a prominent coordinator spot? No, no. He, that, I, I think that that will. I think the prominent core. I, I think it's a pretty gone, foregone conclusion that I think if Mickey wants to stay there in any capacity, even if he's not the head coach, I think they would accept him to stay there. Yeah. Um, you know, he and Trev Alberts do have a relationship. Um, I don't think Mickey would have came there on a one-year blunder kind of deal. Don't get me wrong. People say, well, he was 
probably going to get moved out of LSU. But then there's always other better situations. Why would you come to a situation where you Scott may lose his job and then yeah. you're sitting there making, you know what I'm saying? So, no, I, I just – how many games that he needs to win? I mean, I would be comfortable and say six is the low. Seven, mm, but you got to really scratch your head. If he wins eight, which means he's got to win all the rest pretty much, yeah. then he's a, he's a lock. Big Ten, man, tough, tough conference. We'll see what happens yeah. up there. How weird is Bedlam going to be this year? I mean, you don't have a quarterback. Is Dylan going to play? I don't think he's going to play, right? I'm not sure. I don't, I'm, I don't really. I so mean, you got the booty kid coming first out First of all, there. let me say this. Ira, you know me. And I'm, you know I bleed crimson. Come on, man. Well, what, but, I mean, but, but last week, man, I, you know, I, I have not been embarrassed okay, about was, an OU football game. I was and, about and to say, come on now, CT. Not even about the score. I'm about the score is bad as it is. But listen, Ivory. No, 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 no. It goes before the score. Like, the end result, the end result. For the, I'm watching in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. If you think starting out running a Wildcat for 40 plays will win you the football game <laughs> – that's a defeatist. I just that that yeah, I, I have not bad. been that embarrassed watching an OU offensive game since John Blake switched in the middle of the year. Brandon Daniels to quarterback from from wide receiver, switching from wide receiver to quarterback, and went back to the option in the middle of the dang season. Right, like you can't. Man, we power. We big time school. You don't be doing stuff like that. That's junkyard dogs. I I was not impressed at all. Well, well, but, but see, that's what I'm saying. What is that? That's that's not Brent Venables. He doesn't know better than that. That wouldn't be that wouldn't in the Big Twelve at OU and in 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 Venables. Yeah, I mean this. He paying somebody to be the offense coordinator. That's that's that's. But that. as a head coach, you don't you don't pull this card. Say, wait, what you, are we doing you do, here? but you still got to let a guy do. You got, I mean, if you hire the guy, yeah, Ivory, and you you're paying him to do his job, and this is what he's saying is the best things gonna help us win, that and you bad. roll with it. That was bad, man. Oh, I just I just. I, I just don't. Got my understand. man Marcus Major out there, trying to trying to trying to run Wildcats. I mean, listen, you remember when we did it, the Belldozer, oh, but it was only short yardage situation. Situation. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that five six plays. I mean, it's a, well, here's the deal though. It, it can work, Ivory, but you still have to have the element of a quarterback passing game in this day and time. You're not gonna get by with running Wildcat. Even though it was working all the way down the field, it was only a matter of time. It wasn't going. It wasn't going to produce you enough to win game, no. win the game. And I think they knew that. I think they knew. Obviously, you know, Texas was a high-powered offense, and I think the game plan was to slow the game or speed the game up, and not throw the ball as much, thinking that you know you could stop the bleeding a little bit. Because I, I just that's the only other thing that I thought that they could have been thinking. No, it was a bad look, man. It was a bad look, and uh, the Longhorns they're going to hold on to that one for a long time. Supposed to. <laughs> I didn't realize that. in the last 16 years they've only won five of them. Only five of them. Yeah. D- does that? All, all the last ones, all they remember. Yeah, and does that make up for about two or three of them? Fifty to nothing. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Um, you were option quarterback when you played at OU. What, what would you do in this NFL today? Uh, today. As what? As a quarterback. As a dual threat quarterback, well, what would you look listen, like in the I, NFL? I, I, Coach Switzer and I still talk from time to time, and we visit about that. And he he always jokes, and I I don't know that I disagree. <clears throat> if we'd have had the offense they're running down with everything so spread out mm-hmm. and running the zone read, I'd have been a killer. You'd been nice. Oh, them creasing lanes they get. Come on, man. Think about Ivory. We was I was running the wishbone and reading threes, three techniques and dodging. In, 
point ends with seven and nine men in the box. Yeah. You give me a yeah. six man box? Yeah. Sometimes a five man box? I'll holler at you. Well, well, oh, and well, then listen, I get this question all the time. And I, I had a friend of mine who's coaching the college call me today. He said, Charles, I want to make sure you're option quarterback. He called me on the way over here, in fact. He said, when you're running the option, do you attack the inside or the outside shoulder? It's the inside. Inside? Yeah, but here's why most coaches, these new age coaches, teach the outside shoulder. Because they really want the quarterback to pitch the ball and not run. Because mm-hmm. when you attack inside shoulder, he gives you a lane to hit inside, and when you cut inside, you got backside pursuit, quarterback takes extra hit. Jalen Hurts does that a lot. Inside shoulder. Inside, yeah. That's how you're supposed to run it. Yeah. That's how you run it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it doesn't allow the defense to, to be able to string the play out. But then guys start running four threes, four fours, and they can hit that outside. What would you run, CT? My fastest time was a four three flat. Four three flat? Mm-hmm. How big of a, of a difference without a, 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 a stopwatch? I've talked to some players, and I've heard like there's a little inside kind of game that players and coaches play with each other. How fast is that guy without a stopwatch? Is he a 4-4? Is he a 4-3-4? How fast, how big of a difference watching a guy run a 4-2 and then watching a guy run a a 4-4? Can you tell with your eyes? Yes. You can? Listen, so the fastest guy I've seen with my own eyes ran a 4-1. 4-1? When I tell you, yeah. And and, and it was that much obvious than than the guy who ran a 4-3? Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, you, just, you, you, you see my face? Yeah. That's how you be looking like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's like, I mean, it's another, it's another gear, man. Yeah. I mean, you just look like, oh, my God. Like, say, when he runs by you, the wind blows a little different. Listen, this guy was, his name was James Pratt, and he was out of, in the Canadian Football League. Skinny is all outdoors. Mm-hmm. Like you, but, but his, he, I, listen, I've been in CFL games. Well, they've been backed off of him 15 yards, and he still run by you. <laughs> now, the only difference is he was fast at all outdoors, but couldn't catch a couldn't code. Couldn't catch a code. <laughs> he, he had still bricks for him. And still people kept him on the team. He made it to the Raiders. Right, right. Because you can't never coach speed. Just to pull him off, you know, just to pull the safety off a little bit. Oh, this way. my goodness. I mean, That's the speed, is speed kills. That's all. Speed kills. Talking to Charles Thompson right here. In fact, you know, it's funny, Ivory. I'll tell you this story. So now that my son's been back in Nebraska. Uh-huh. So I got to meet Tom Osborne for the first time in person, uh, the OU Nebraska weekend. First time? I, first time, well, other than playing against him. Okay. Um, I, I got to be – I did a breakfast uh, deal with the, one of the Nebraska clubs, and Steve Taylor and I spoke, and we were the, both opposing quarterbacks in 1987, that game of mm-hmm. Century 2. And it was kind of lifting, uplifting to hear the other side of the story. You know, for me, it always been my greatest day as a Sooner. I went in there in Lincoln and, and shocked the nation. Uh-huh. For him, it's a memory that he still struggles with. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually cried on stage. Oh, do that to the old man, CT. <laughs> no, I'm just Go telling you, man. <laughs> he did. He cried. Yeah, it was like he was emotional. He said it's a, it's a, it's one, one probably one of the worst losses he's ever experienced. Because they, they did us like that. Yeah, I mean, but but it's it was good though. To, so he and I become good friends now. We golf uh-huh. every time I go down to Nebraska, <laughs> up to Nebraska. We've actually become good friends now, and um, it, it's just good to be around the other side of. You know, listen, I've, I've been blessed. When I say that, mm-hmm. God's allowed me the chance to experience the other side of the Texas rival. Uh, being I played at OU, and now he's given me an opportunity to see the other side with Nebraska. 
And um, listen, it's been a great experience for me. I've been blessed, and I'm glad that uh, you know I've had the opportunity to do those things. Pretty blessed, man. I've seen a little bit of your life and got to experience a little bit of it, man. That's uh, raised a beautiful family. Got got some grandbabies out there. Got your boys following in your footsteps. Um, I know you're a proud guy, and and we, you hinted to it a little bit earlier, but and I think I saw your post on this. But talk to me about the pride of a father when <laughs> Casey told the 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 the, the <laughs> world, and no, nah, that, that ain't nothing. Nobody talked to me crazy like my dad did. Well, listen, it sounds funny, but that's that's a prideful moment. Well, and it is for me because listen, I, I mean, I th- that was my goal. My goal as a father. You know, I stopped playing professional ball uh, because of my oldest son, Kendall, and I felt like it was my duty as a father and, and my first son to come back and try to pour as much in him mm-hmm. as I could. What and I did the saying? same thing with my other saying? ones. I, I, I poured so much of my energy in <laughs> trying to give them the things that it takes to be successful. And I've talked about football being a very physical sport, and you got to be able to take the hard coaching, uh, the criticism. you got to be able to, to, to listen to things that you don't want to hear you got to be able to take critique. Uh, you got to be able to take criticism. You got to be able to take coaching. And it may come in all different types of ways. I'm, I'm more old school. You know, I'm more get in your face and, you know, uh, I lot of, you know, do whatever. <laughs> For your own good, though. Right. You know, I'm a, when I'm done, on the way home, you're going to ride with me, not your mama. Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. In the next hour, you're going to listen to me. When we get done, though, Two hours later, I may go and say, you know, hey, I'm just only trying to make you better. And I don't think that – and so when Casey said that, it let me know that what I had tried to do was successful, man. I mean you're – on, You're on the right board. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and so it was, it, was, it was fulfilling, to say the least. Talk to me about, you know, you talk about a head, uh, 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 a hard-nosed coach, old-school coach. We got new-age kids nowadays, CT. What do you – as a coach, how do you prioritize a kid's anxiety levels, overall depression, and as it pertains to football and training them? That's that's a real thing we have to deal with with, with, with kids nowadays. We we see NFL players retire early because of I, I'm just not in the right place mentally. You saw Ben Simmons last year bypass the entire season of of, of NBA basketball, not in the right place mentally. I'm I'm going through something. Have you had to deal with that as a coach? And if so, how'd you attack that? Yes, it's yeah. real. Um, it's valid. It's real. It's um, it's it's something that's to be taken serious. Um, and I think a lot of us look at it in, in the case of Ben Simmons. You look at the Olympic gymnasts mm-hmm. that went through it. Um, it's just like any other, you know, mental yeah, illness. Yeah, Simone Biles did. Yeah, yeah she, you know, I mean, it, it's it's yeah. a, it's I mean, it's a real real thing, and it's something that, you know, you and I can sit here and critique it and mm-hmm. we can talk about it and you hear people on the throne have these different opinions, but it's just not a fair assessment of unless you're really walking and going through it. You know, we talk about, you know, you talk about, you know, depression is real. It it comes in all different ways. It comes from all different ways, think, you know, avenues. And um, I've had a few kids that have had to deal with that, that were top-notch athletes. What what were some of the things that was affecting them and and like I don't know I guess as, as specific as you can get is it a maybe I'm just lethargic I can't just get my energy up I can't remember like what was 
what were some of the things, Coach Thompson, I'm dealing with A, B, and C? Well, a lot of it has to do with confidence, mm-hmm. um, self-awareness of self-gratification. Um, you, you, you know, it's like and, – and listen, we, we've, we've seen it in people. It, it's, a, it's a thing that forms in the brain mm-hmm. that causes people to commit suicide. Yeah. You know, and so it's a real, real thing. Like I've talked to doctors about it. It, 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 can, it can develop and it can also grow. You know, it's, it's like a disease kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not careful about it, I mean, um, it's something that can happen. We, I think when you look at all the nature where the rules are described right now with CTE, with the junior Seau, you know, community, yeah, all those things yeah. came from that same type of deal. Yeah. Um, and so on the outside, it may seem that someone's got it all together and it's hard to know what's going on inside mentally. And so you just got to be there for people. You got you to gotta be understanding. Um, you got to be compassionate. Um, and you can't be as judgmental. Um, and, and, and that's how I handle it. Like, I didn't, I'm not an expert. Like, I don't got no doctorate on how to mm-hmm. treat it. But all I could do was put my arm around people and brace them and just, hey, in the middle of the night, if you need to call, you need to talk, call and talk. Uh, and that's how, that's how I had to deal with it because I'm, I don't know, I don't, I don't have any training other than that. <laughs> Now you you being now, now listen I, I I went through it I went through it and, I was going to ask that no, I mean no, as I a went, player no 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 I went through it when I got in trouble yeah you yeah. know I mean when you go from being you know uh, beloved around here in the state of Oklahoma and, and all of a sudden you you're spending seventeen months in a federal prison yeah um, trust me brother I've been there I mean yeah. I know what it feels like so I can identify and mine was self inflicted don't get me wrong. But nonetheless, it was still still there. I mean, it was still a very valid dark time for me. And so, you know, I mean, I I, I never thought about giving up. Not for long, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, not to take my life, but you just want right. to say, the heck with all of it. Enough is enough. Yeah, just like whatever it's going to be, what it's going to be. And you just, you know, you wake, you're up in the middle of the night, you're thinking like, how am I going to overcome this? How am I going to get by this? You know, what's my life going to be? Am I going to be a failure my whole life? And all of a sudden you get in that cycle and all of a sudden you're just going crazy, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so how, how, how do you as that old school coach kind of, you know, you're a hard nosed old school coach. How do you do you kind of you got to kind of know what kids I can go after like that? Uh, well, that's in all things. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, yeah. you hear True. coach talk about that, like how you can approach like, like coach's coach talked about it. He could get after Casey like that, but he couldn't get after the second or third string quarterback True. like that. He True. knew you got to kind of know what you can take. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember this. I mean, there, there was two facets of dealing with stuff. And I, I categorize them in different areas. There's the football mentality on the field and between the stripes. Mm-hmm. There ain't no other way to cookie cut this deal right here. Right. Between these stripes, this is what it's got to be. Mm-hmm. And if you can't deal with it, you need to go sit over here. Now over here, outside the lines, now I'm going to deal with you the different deal. Right. But if you're going to be inside these lines, bruh, I know what it takes. So you got to deal with it. If you ain't ready for this, you need to go over there. Yeah. And I'll get, get to you in a minute, but I need guys in this square that's ready to get down with it. Do you see any of your sons moving on to the training, the coaching? I, I think I think Kendall does it a little bit. I think Casey could be a coach someday. I think that would I can see it in his future. He does it, you know, he does it a lot with me. Like he he's helped me be a part of my seven on seven. Heck, they about fired me last year. We hadn't we had a uh, hadn't won a <laughs> Who tournament. Fired you? My team almost fired Your me. Team almost Casey fired came me. down for a weekend, and we had a tournament. And we hadn't been winning. We had a pretty good team, and we kind of fell short in our first couple of events. He comes down and orchestrates us to our first tournament win. Hey, and they start looking at me like, uh, hold on, coach. Uh, we don't need pops over Well, here. but it's what I told him. Yeah. I said, 
but it's his playbook that we're running. Right, right. He knows it better than me. Right. You know. <laughs> so. What what's uh what's are you guys like the um uh, I'm 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 likening you guys to the three Manning boys. A uh bit. you got you got two quarterbacks. We talk all and, constantly. And a and you, and your youngest one's a receiver? Yeah. How how's that work? You got the young one ready to Yeah. Usually yeah. the youngest one always comes out he he's kind of like the monster. Oh uh, yeah. The young you know what I'm saying? He's a, yeah, he's a handful. Bryce Bryce might be a little harder than Bronny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that, that Charles was, O'Bannon was better than Ed to me. Yeah, yeah, no. You know what I mean? My youngest ones usually. Did, I mean, he was a more tougher, thicker built, gritter. Even today, even outside of football, he's the ones probably more like me than any of them. Uh, okay. My other two's more like their mother. But no, listen, Kendall and I, and Casey and I. I mean, Mary, listen, we we watch film together yeah. all the time. We break down and talk about it. So we 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 do a lot of um, interaction throughout the season. It's, uh, it's good for us. We'll see what happens. And uh, what, what's the what's the young receiver? Where he, what are he gonna do? Where are he gonna go? Well, he's not going. He's he's giving up football. Um, really? He's more a comedian and actor type. He's appeared in some extras in a couple oh, movies yeah. and stuff. See, that's and that's the that's the Charles Thompson part of it. Yeah, that, that's what. It, okay, that's what it, I'm getting yeah, it now. Yeah, he wants to be public speaker. I'm getting do. it now. Yeah, yeah, y'all don't know. Y'all know Charles Thompson is an option quarterback. <laughs> this dude's an entertainer over yeah. here. He's yeah, so that's that's what he's in. He, he's Ivory. He, he's more that side of me. Yeah, that's yeah. He's a, he's a he's going. You know, he's always been in class clown. He's got a sense of humor. Hey, no. You know, he's moody. Yeah. You know, either in or he ain't. You know, <laughs> you know. It's like I can get with it, man. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. I can get with it, man. Um, CT back to NFL. You've coached, trainer, raised up kids, raised up players. What are you doing with Deshaun Watson? You bringing him in your locker room? I know you're a quarterback now, but this 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 just just talk I mean, to me straight. Now. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, so, man, I I'm, I feel like I'm a little biased answering this. Yeah, you are. I know because not the quarterback side of me. Because I mean, I think people, even if he, even if you say that he's 100 percent wrong, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a guy who's given a second chance. So, yeah, I probably am. Yeah, if I if other things check out, um, if I feel like that he you know, passes all the other criteria. Now, now let me let me let me kind of side note this a little bit without defending him. Um, so I, because of my son's agent and them sharing, mm-hmm. I caught wind of a lot of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of people didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think that it was made to look somewhat worse than what it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, and not by any means am I condoning anything that went on because I wasn't actually there. Right. But I I don't know that he's just totally a bad character, bad guy. I mean, you hear a lot of great things about him. Um, it just wasn't a fit at Houston. I mean, like you 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 could you, you know you could ask maybe if you ask Steve Sarkeesian about my son Casey, like he, he he might say something negative about him. It ain't gonna be that though. Charles. No, 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 no. By no means. Ain't gonna be no crazy like No, that. no. But I'm just saying. But I'm. You know, what I'm saying, Ivy. Like, I just feel like that you can always, you can always find certain things. You know, you can always find certain things to to, to point a negative at people. Put like this. We we brought up Colin Murray, Murray earlier, right? About how Arizona wanted him to to study a certain amount of hours do, throughout the week. What kind of that's a no no? Do you put in? 
a guy like Deshaun Watson's contract going forward? Well, no, I think there's got to be all. I mean, I can't say don't go to the club, but can I can I say, hey, man, only two masseuses for you? Well, no, I think now they put in the establishment where all of his masseuses have to go through the the, the team. Like he can't set up masseuses, private masseuses. Your anymore. own masseuses, right? Yeah, so that's right. already put the NFL mandated that. So, and, and listen, I mean, I mean, let's just assume that he has a sickness. It's like you deal with it accordingly, and you. You know, you monitor it, and you know you you know, but but I, I just I don't know, Ivory. I mean, I just you got to understand something. I don't want to point, but I just I've been around a lot of situations yeah. where I know where people have tried to squeeze money out of people by things they may say about them and what they didn't want to get out, and it just it's just you know, I, I just think it is particularly interesting to me that you know a grand jury, which I don't think people understand what that means. Two grand juries. Okay, so but a grand jury, and what I mean by that is, it's not like his lawyers were in there countering the argument. Yeah, a grand jury is only for the prosecution, and they submitted a hundred percent of their case, and a grand jury too neglected to bring criminal charges against him. To me, that says something. Can I can I push back and say it was in Texas, and you're talking about sending one of their beloved quarterbacks to jail? The state of Texas doesn't get out like that. I mean, can okay, I, I mean, you, can you, I push you, back? You get what I'm saying? Can though? I push back uh-huh. and say that, you know, honestly, Texas, in dealing with racial situations, ain't been more favorable. True. And you're still talking about a black quarterback. Yeah. And you're still Whatever talking you about saying? people of the normalcy of their communities. And I get it. Football's a religion down there. Oh, I get it. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I get your side too. No, 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 but, no doubt. But I'm saying what I'm what I'm saying is, Ivory, the criminal legal systems that we have in place, regardless of whether it was you or me, don't do us no favors. But I'm saying the grand jury, yeah, neglected to come back with charges twice. I, that, you I mean, mean that, so, listen, I, mean, I, so I, I get you. So, a, so a person, just trust me. I'm not proud of it. I've been through the legal system. I know what that means. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't think I think other people don't realize that. Like. Like it, it means that they didn't they didn't feel like the, there was a sufficient enough evidence to bring criminal charges against him, and so now here we have that, and civil people say we well, played civilly. Well, that's sometimes it's better to pay than to fight. So if it's gonna cost me four hundred thousand dollars to fight you, and I still might lose, or I can give up two hundred and fifty. Give it and get it, get rid of it. So I don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying, Ivy? So like once again, I'm not trying to defend it, but I'm saying let's just don't assume that we know the whole story when we really don't. I told you some stuff today about the OU and Caleb Williams deal. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I appreciate that. <laughs> I can't. I wish I'd be the fly on the wall when the phone calls you finna get. After this <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Trust me, Ivy. You've been on radio with me before. Have nah. I been afraid to say what I need to say? No, nah, my man gives nah, no flips. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, no, no flips. Um, real quick on on the on the flip side of it, you're not a coach, but like I say, you you, you raise up young men, you train, you teach, um, and, and you have you know a son in this whole NIL process. When are we going to get to the point to where coaches aren't slinging mud at each other for for quote unquote paying for players? But they're all doing it. Right. And the thing about it is the people that are complaining most are the people that have done it and gotten away with it behind the scenes. So now they're mad because it's open game now 
and now everybody's on the equal playing field. Saban was throwing mud at, at Jimbo and Dion, you know, during the offseason. Right. They bought every player. They bought their players. Well, listen, man, it's, it's the way of the world. Even before this NIL stuff got started, underground, players were getting paid. We know that. I would like to see, which I know, listen, Dion's been great for the HBCU, mm-hmm. Jackson State. But, man, if I had another kid, he'd go play for Dion. When's Dion coming to the big boys? I, I, somebody, if somebody don't grab him up, they're stupid. Like, he could take with the right people behind him, the right power, money, the program. Boy, he go because listen, the dude knows football. He got no people around no football. Like it ain't, it ain't. You that he, put that back, that foot back there, dog. But you, and listen, and you know what I love about him? Mm-hmm. He stays prime all the time. Like all he, the time. Yeah, this. The, I mean, I, 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 lo- I, I love the D boy chain he has on. I just like the way. Give me my theme music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I'm a prime guy. I, love, I Listen, I. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. I remember, uh, what, he's come, come down. Yeah, we played guys, against him. Yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah. played against each but other. But he's just, man, he's, he's, but listen, Ivory, he's always been a real cat, man. He's just, you know. No, nah, he's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he is. In, I like in, it. In this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, uh, no disrespect, but football is ran by, you know, billionaire bigots, you know, for the most part. And to see Dion come down here and with all that swag, going through all the issues they're going through, can't even get no fresh water down there in Jackson. Listen, you know, man. And, and, and this, they're this still is how doing much, thing. This is how deep someone said Dion has been to HBCU. I was watching on ESPN. They had a Jackson State softball game on TV. Ah. <laughs> Think about that. Come on, bro. Uh, softball. Softball. Game. He done been, been so much to Jackson State. Let the ladies get They sold. putting the softball on ESPN yeah. now. No, that's big, man. Yeah. That's big. And just imagine if there were three more Deions in the HBCU ranks. Well, and that's why it's a little bit – I'm torn because I think he's been good for that. But I also think that it would be great to see him go up and, and do it on another level – uh, with the big boys, because right now there's just a lot of credit be given to some people that I don't think that that I mean, I mean it's it's like listen I don't get me wrong I think a lot of those guys are you hear like people touting the Kansas coach which is doing a great job mm-hmm. but I mean I, I, it's not I don't think Dion couldn't do that right you know what I'm saying so now right. he gonna go get ready to make a, a few more million you know why the prime can't do that and so it it starts opening door up for other people is what I'm saying well I I think you know I think Charles People like you play a big role in that. I think, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the business of football, like you've said many a times. So it's going to take it a while for it to really turn over. But people like you need to start promoting and telling kids to go to HBCUs, telling their well, parents. Well, I think the problem with that is, though, Ivory, it's, it's tougher, especially now. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid and I, I think – once again, you talked about the NIL stuff. Now, everybody at yeah. HBCU ain't getting the NIL right. opportunities that Dion is bringing right, forth right, right. there. So when you talk of telling a kid who's a top-tier kid yeah, yeah. to go over here and, you know, you might be riding buses to places, yeah. you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to your game. And although you may be playing in some big-time games and the halftime show is going to be fire, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, and the girl's going to be shaking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you can go over here and, you know, obviously get – NIL, you get your hotel, your rooms, your your apartment paid for. You get a car, yeah. You know all this sort of. Come on, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's gonna I, be I, tough. I, it's it's rough to make that uh make that decision. Heck, heck I, the OSSA just cleared for Oklahoma high school kids. Well, high school kids. I'm glad you brought that up. 
listen, I was a guy beating on the desk for college players to get paid. Now, I thought they would have some kind of, you know, system in place to where we could all understand it. It's kind of a free will, whatever, whatever going on right now. Uh, so it's kind of confusing. Isn't that inevitable for that the same thing to happen in high school? Yes. I mean, it's good. I mean, <laughs> right? well, it's already happened. In fact, I'm, I'm – I mean, I, far, I'm talking about the, the, the confusion and the whole – what are the rules? What can we do? What can't we do? It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly the parameters of it now. I just heard it as of last week myself. Yeah, on the news. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of possibly uh, – Getting a couple of kids uh, their first NIL deals here in Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. So. It, it, I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a great thing for college ball. What are some of the the, the pluses and minuses of high school? I mean, one of the good things about it is that high school kids will be monitored more because they're at home <laughs> with their parents. Right. Right. So they can't get too crazy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I guess so, so yeah. Mom and daddy might be taking more of the stuff than the kid, but yeah. so I mean, at least you got some some in home. Uh, monitoring and, and supervision over it. So that's one of the things that maybe – but I, I, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to, you know, the foundation of how you was brought up, making right and wrong decisions with everything that you get. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green almost knocked out Jordan Poole as a coach. You, you're suspending them. You're finding them. Uh, Both. I, I, I think it's going to be and, – and you shouldn't be surprised if there may be issue or maybe some little strife between those two for the rest here's, of the here's season. Here's my prediction. It wouldn't surprise me at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm finding him in suspending him for sure. And then don't be surprised. Remember I said it on this show. If Draymond Green is traded out of the Warriors at some point this year. Here's the issue. Well, not an issue, but you're right. He's up. This is last year of his contract. And the issue with, with, with Draymond Green, he, he seems to be a bit of a bully, seems to be a bit of a hothead. But it seems like, when you're about to get your money is when he want to flash on you. And I don't know if his plan is to test you or if his plan is to run you out of here because if they got to pay you, that's less money they can pay me going forward. And that, that lessens my spot on this team, the more money they pay you. So is it a, is it a bully type thing or is he, or is he trying to test guys and see if they even – I'm not sure if they're worthy of being on this four championship winning team. I, I and you know sometimes that could be a, that's a valid very point. Yeah, you know because sometimes people hold that like I they still living in the past. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of athletes still. I, hang on I've that. been a big part of this, these four yeah, championships. Yeah, I've seen a lot of athletes on that. Well, here's what I would say to this for really to sum Draymond up in a nutshell. Ivan, no matter what you're dealing with, who you're dealing with, there always comes a point where one more thing is just too much. Yeah, you just say that's enough. It's enough, and I think. This is. I think the Warriors are there, but I think it's. I think they value Draymond enough that they won't overreact initially. Mm-hmm. But I think behind the scenes there's already things. I, I really do. I, I mean, it's, I, I. I mean, and it may never happen, but I mean, if if it does, I think you go back to that incident yeah. as as the as the as the origin of what of that. You remember when KD was about to? You know, he was about to. He was on his decision to stay or leave, get a contract. What happened? Draymond Green screams on him right there on TV. Yeah. Yeah, no get out of here. We yeah. want you. You know, so it's rough. We'll see what happens. But um, uh, Charles Thompson, man, it, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you greatly. 
Um, maybe we can do it again after this oh, Bedlam win. Yeah, sure. I don't know. We'll see. We, we can do it again. I, I read it time. I love, you know, man, you're my boy. After Bedlam? After Bedlam? Hey, we can do it after Bedlam. <laughs> you don't scare me. We can do it again, man. Hey, Mitchell, you've always been my guy, man. You've always you've been good to me, so anytime I can come on this show, I'll be more than happy to. Man, no problem. The great Charles Thompson, folks. Former OU Sooner, now just great football dad. Now we're just watching his kids. So we'll see what happens. CT, I appreciate you, man. Go Corn Huskies. <laughs> Whatever you say, podcast, you folks. Say podcast, folks. I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negroes. I think a Negro did this. This is the Whatever You Say podcast. The goal is not to be successful and famous. <laughs> That's not the goal. The goal is if you have a specific God-given ability, it's to live your life out through that. We have a responsibility.